Today's episode is brought to you by the Western Extension Risk Management Education Center, USDA NIFA, and the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Ag and Human Resources and the Livestock Extension Group. Aloha and welcome everyone to the Livestock Balaao, a podcast aimed to provide educational support, information, guidance, and outreach to our livestock stakeholders in Hawaii. We are your hosts, Mele Oshiro and Shannon Sand. And today we're going to be talking about swine management with Dr. Thomas Pitznick. Thank you, doctor, for joining us today. Yes. Anytime. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, the opportunity and looking forward to visiting soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're very excited to have you here. So Dr. Petsnick is a veterinarian specializing in swine, and he owns his own specific swine-specific practice, Art Care in Nebraska. And I'm going to count on you here, Dr. Petsnick, to correct me if I say anything wrong. <laughs> he works with a wide variety of pork producers and has worked in the past with the CTAR Extension Swine Specialist, uh, Dr. Helena Zaleski, although we all just call her Dr. Z here, Z? to help yeah. conduct swine <laughs> surveys and workshops in Samoa. So thank you, Dr. Pesnick, for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to specialize in uh, swine care? Yeah, sure. I would love to. Uh, I grew up in rural Nebraska and uh, still live in Nebraska now, but uh, I developed my love for agriculture by by being here and, and being in it. We always had a few cows, a few pigs, uh, my dad had a full-time job, but at the same time, yeah. uh, he always had that ag background. And so that stuck with me. And, and as I grew up, I enjoyed the, the animals more so than the, than the, than the plants. Uh, you know, it was just more my, my passion. And, and then I just always enjoyed when the veterinarian came and, and loved his problem-solving skills and, and his ability to help us, right, and help our animals. Oh, yeah. so, so very quickly, that became what I really wanted to do as I got into my first or second year of college. I kind of said, yeah, I want to be a veterinarian. So um, I, I've always uh, mostly focused on livestock. I had a brief mixed animal practice background uh, after I graduated from Kansas State University. That's where I got my uh, veterinary degree and did a, a brief stint in mixed animal practice. And actually, my first my first love was dairy. And so oh. I really wanted to be a dairy practitioner. And the, the mixed practice I went to was mostly dairy. But um, mm-hmm. as I was building my acumen that way, they asked me, um, because the guy I was replacing was the was the swine specialist within their practice, mm-hmm. and he left. They asked if I would pick that up, and then what I really found out that is what I wanted was the population medicine. I, I really enjoyed working with those large populations mm-hmm. and and helping set up herd health programs and mm-hmm. and so forth. And so so that really then quickly shifted as I and and my whole my whole whole world changed. So oh, so yeah. now I spend the vast majority of my time every day focused on pigs. Cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I I think, you know, coming from Nebraska and looking at production practices across all these different locations, I mean, even in the States, it must differ, right? A lot in the different um, areas that you are, but there must be some general guidelines that swine producers can sort of follow. Um, And you said you work a lot with building herd health programs. I'm sure those general guidelines probably cross over no matter what um, area you're in. So you, can you share a little bit about some of those guidelines that folks can use regardless mm-hmm. of where their locations are? Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I've been blessed with a very wide variety 
uh, of the of the producers that I that I work with, and and Hawaii just added to that, right? And mm-hmm. and so it you know it's just different, and there's there's even probably more variety in Hawaii of of uh, of people that are, it might be as simple as backdoor or outside their back door. And then some that do the full fledged, I mean, you would think it was a commercial sow farm in the, up on the mainland. And, and so it's been, it's been really rewarding that way, but, but there, you're right. There's, there's true basics that we have to cover all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, And, and those are the same, even in some of our all natural, you know, trying to get away from antibiotic use and all that is, is it really all starts with something that's not even, um, you know, deep into the biology that it takes uh, training like what I've had to do is 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 air, water, and feed. And mm-hmm. it's amazing though how often we do a, a poor job in one of one or more of those areas, and and that you know sets everything into a cascade of needing you know advanced help. And so I really try to make sure that we don't just go in and and you know talk bugs and drugs. Right. Uh, it's about how are we doing with uh, quality comfort? So an example, even within Hawaii that I've seen, and, and a lot of people don't think about it is they think, well, it's warm down here. So we don't, you know, everything's fine. We don't need to worry about um, how warm our pigs are. Well, that's probably true for sows, but I've seen when we wean maybe pigs and mm-hmm. put them into uh, where they start to go on feed is that you know, it might be 55 at night or, yeah. you know, if there's a cool breeze coming through and, and you'll actually chill them and they'll, they'll get sick from the stress. And yeah. So, depending on where you live here, it yeah. can get quite cool at night, depending on the time of year. So I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's really where I like to start. And we'll talk a lot about that during this, the workshops mm-hmm. is, is how are we doing with, with what God gave us or our creator gave us? And, and that's the, the air that, that, that the pigs get to breathe, their comfort uh, is included in that. And then also, you know, the cleanliness of water, plenty of ample water, and then the quality of the food, whatever food stuff that we pick. So that's really where I start. And that's, that, that is definitely a mainstay, no matter I don't care if you're um, a 35,000 sow operation or if you've got three pigs, you know, that, yeah. that, that's, that's, that's true. Now, when it comes to the health, you know, going beyond that, you know, really, we also then start talking about just simple things like uh, where we've taken a lot of pigs off of dirt in some, in some scenarios, even within Hawaii, um, is, is getting iron in the baby piglets is really, really important at, at a time of, because they don't get that. They, they you normally get that from the dirt. Yeah. So when we take them off of dirt, we have to give that to them in the form of a shot. Um, and then really, the, the other one that I've noticed that, that gets missed at times is just the, the general broad sense of parasite control. And, and that would include internal parasites of the worms and then also external parasites like lice, mange, ticks, that kind of thing. And so very, very simple and, and actually economic ways to take care of that. So that's where we really start with those are things, even before we get into the vast viruses and bacteria that can become a problem. Uh, if we don't have those bases covered, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really hard to step into the next step. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you talk about air all over, you know, we kind of think that, you know, we're in Hawaii, it's so warm, but really it's not, you know, and I think some of the animals that are raised here, they get acclimated right to our temperatures as well. So when it does drop down and I mean, in some areas on the islands, we'll, we'll get lower in the fifth lower, you know, high forties at some parts of the year. So that's an important thing to consider for your Mm -hmm. younger animals. Yep, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so you, you talked a little bit, so you worked a little bit of time, I think down in the Pacific islands in Samoa and in some of these other tropical production systems here in Hawaii. So can you, you want to talk a little bit about some of the general health concerns, I guess, that you see, not just in our systems that you may have seen yeah. here, but um, across, across the systems in general for our health producers and like what they should be looking at and be concerned with in their health for their swine. Yeah, when it comes to the to the viral aspects, I mean, and it's definitely touched Hawaii as well as PERS, uh, porcine uh, reproductive and respiratory syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a real devastating one. Right now, mm-hmm. I would have to say in, in my area of Nebraska, we usually have a pretty good control of that. Uh, you know, even two years ago, I, I was at a point where all my clients were negative to PERS. Everything was thriving. And right now it's the worst I've ever seen in all the years. And I graduated in 1995. And that was kind of when PERS really first started to become an issue that we had identified and we knew what virus was causing it. Mm-hmm. And we're really at a, at an all-time low as far as uh, of, of control right now. So it's been, it's been very, very hard. We're actually in a, in a pig shortage up here because of that. So, so that's really the one. And and I know in, in speaking with people and a few experiences that I've had, even in Hawaii, uh, that we feel it down there. Right. Yeah. And, and so, so purge control is a really big one. Um, some real simple things with, uh, porcine circovirus too. Now, the nice thing with that one is that's easy. You know, if, if we have a good vaccination protocol, um, that's an easy one to deal with in that regard. But then the other one that I see common actually to both places is kind of the early, uh, early wean pig, um, uh, diarrhea diseases, Ooh, you know, PE, yeah. uh, porcine yeah. epidemic diarrhea virus, virus yeah. uh, is a real devastating one that can just knock out two to three weeks worth of baby piglets. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the nice thing is there's really nice. Uh, if we can get the education out there and the tools to people, there's there's really good ways to get rid of that. Yeah. Uh, but then even just the simple E. coli, salmonella, those types of things I've found, uh, you know, fairly commonly. And then the, there's a few that are more more. It used to be uh, more common up here, uh, but then as we've gone to internal confinement, we don't fight as much as like leptospira. Um, lepto in, in pigs, I've, we've actually found some positive titers before in Hawaii. You know, we have a, a runoff and, and a little yeah. bit uh, we have to watch with the water. And then yeah. um, uh, swine dysentery, you know, so I currently don't have any swine dysentery herds except for those that I deal with in Hawaii. So, so yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of commonality with the pig diseases that we fight, but at the same time, there's some things that are more unique to the different areas too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine some of the water stuff would be unique to Hawaii because depending on the herds and where you're working with, you know, they might be on catchment, they might be on just different water sources than what you typically have access to on the mainland. So I can imagine that would be, you know, yeah. Yeah. And one of the mainstays I like to do is, is I, I think some people fear that when I come there, I'm going to say, oh, you can't do it this way. You can't you can't raise pigs because that's not how we do it on the main. That, that's not yeah, it no. at all. You know, we <laughs> no. adapt and we we're flexible to how people what what their facility is capable of doing, yeah, exactly. what they're capable of doing. That's really the, the key is, is, the, is there's not a one size fits all. It's right. finding the solution that best fits. You, you go back to those basic principles and you say, here, we would all agree that this is what we need to have happen. Now, how do we make that happen within your individual system? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. You want to touch a little bit more on PERS. So I know here in the state where 
Kauai is the only island right now that is PERS free. So there is a quarantine, um, or I should say not quarantine, but there is a restriction on movement, right, mm-hmm. of animals. Right. Can you touch a little bit about PERS and like, it's just um, its impact to the herd and maybe like how it, how, what's the transmission and whatnot and a little, provide a little background on, on the, the virus itself. Yeah. yeah so the virus um, again, it, as its name says, is, is it affects animals reproductively uh, in the form of abortions um, or, or infertility. Um, it especially affects the late gestation, so sows that are maybe just a, a month or so or, or a few weeks from farrowing. Uh, the purrs mm-hmm. makes its way into the uterus and infects the piglets a lot simpler in the later stages. Mm-hmm. And then even those piglets that are born and contract it later, they're just a lot more susceptible. It, it puts a real drag on the immune system. It actually attacks immune cells within the pig. Oh, and yeah. and so all those little secondary infections that we don't normally fight uh, yeah. become a problem. And so therefore we end up using a lot more antibiotics in that regard. So so the, the nice part of it is, is it can be eradicated or, or, or eliminated from a farm with an exposure program and what we call a herd closure. And that, but, but that's usually the hardest commitment to get people to do is to, to not bring pigs in for a while. Right. 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 Um, yeah. And then once we get negative, the, the challenge is how do I stay without exposure to that? That's what I was wondering. I was like, how does that work? Cause I was like, that's one of those things. Those diseases sometimes are just so easy to transmit. If like I go and visit your herd, like in Nebraska, but then go to a gas station, I might pick up something. Someone else has been somewhere else and then go some, you know, so I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to, you know, the good news is, is what we look at and it's similar to what some other, you know, like regular businesses outside of agriculture do is, is, is you, is hazard analysis, critical control points, or some people call it HACCP. They'll actually get a a certification that way. And what it is, is to target where are the hazards at and what critical control point do I put in place? So, so I can tell you if, if I, if I went and rolled in a, in a buck, you know, poured a bucket of, of PERS virus all over me, if I do the right steps and, and from the time I'm exposed to the to the way that I get into to to visit a herd that doesn't have PERS, I 100% can eliminate the the risk. But we have to be disciplined in that, and and we just have that that kind of loose social um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of quality, especially within the islands. I see that you know we're very, they're very social. I mean, not that we aren't up here as well. But but you guys, it's have, a different kind of social. As someone yeah. who's lived both places, and Melee's yes. lived a few different places as well. I think like I can definitely say it's a different kind of social. Yes. <laughs> like, and, and yeah. it, goes, it goes really deep and it kind of comes into, you know, uh, is, is, is Ohana and, and all that, 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 that you guys talk about. And then you live that and, and you feel it when you, as you spend more time down there. And, and so it's very hard not to be just very intimate with our relationships and so forth. And, but we have to draw guidelines and say, listen, this is great, but please right. do this and do this and do this. And so we know it can be carried on inanimate objects. Uh, we know that certainly the greatest risk, and that's what I work with. Actually, I work with the state of Hawaii on is, mm-hmm. is what regulations do we need when we bring semen, uh, you know, that we oh. export in uh, from the outside or when we bring live animals is that's the number one way to transmit it. So so the, my biggest concern, and honestly, if we can just control 
it's it's not uncommon in the islands where which we would never do that up here is is well can i borrow or rent your boar you know well i'm i'm now taking that animal and it might not even be purrs or whatever is i'm taking a live animal that has certain bugs and maybe they don't look sick but then i bring them into my herd and and, and my herd from the outside and it's like all of a sudden you can all all hell can break loose, right? right. And, and yeah. it's just that simple, you know, not thinking that through. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so the good news is, is there if if people are willing to really think, you know, it, and and be disciplined with it, we can set up individual programs to eliminate it. Um, we do have a little bit of concern though, uh, rodents, uh, flies, mm-hmm. um, even a little bit of just short. Uh, aerosol transmission can happen, uh, you know, in the wind and those types of things that can spread it as well. So we just yeah. try to limit, we control what we can. And, and that seems to help a, a lot right there. Yeah. So is artificial insemination a potential option to like help limit some of that? Because I know uh, one of our retired agents, Mike DuPont did a lot of work on teaching uh, local producers here, like how to AI their own, like, um, pigs and production yes. and stuff. So I was like, I, I think part of, I know he, he did a lot of work on biosecurity related to some of that, I think. So, yeah, the beautiful part of that is you, so, so, so if, if you have infected semen, you will mm-hmm. infect cell farms. That's, that's a proven fact. Um, and, but then the, the nice part of, of having a source of semen that you can bring in is most of those boar studs. And I would only, I would only recommend those that do the testing uh, do yeah. very aggressive testing to make sure that their semen is safe. Mm-hmm. And, and so from that regard, that, that is why that is a good biosecurity, uh, aspect to put in. Um, but it's only as good as the protocol. So what I really work with my producers on is, mm-hmm. Hey, when you're going to make that change, if you're, if you're thinking about introducing an animal from another farm, if you're thinking about making a change in the semen source, anything like that, we do what we call a vet to vet. And it honestly doesn't have to be between two veterinarians. It just has to be between two people that really understand the health of their herds and say, is that going to work or is that not going to work? What what degree of confidence do we have that right. we're not going to create an issue and we make that change? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be more likely to be like person to person because we have a limited number of vets available here. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so I think that brings like. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, as you'll see as we do the workshops, uh, mm-hmm. as, as we're going to be very focused. So we are starting on Kauai, yeah. knowing oh. that, that, that that's the cleanest. And then we'll yeah. work our way backwards through what we right. would call a biosecurity pyramid. For Start safety? Is that kind of? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll have disposable boots. We'll be using things like boot washes. I mean, you'll see all that, that we feel comfortable. We can get a lot of workshops done in a short period of time but not put anybody at risk. Right. That's exciting. Since you are coming here, yeah. um, can you share some about what the workshops and lectures you're, will be about? So kind of tease it out for people. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really hope, I mean, if, if you have a chance and you, even mm-hmm. if you can't stay all day, um, if we can just start to build some relationship um, and and even if you learn one thing that you take home that makes you better and and keeps your pigs healthier, you know, that's really what it's about. We don't like to see the pigs suffer, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're maybe not the degree of pet that, that a dog or a cat or another animal might be. But sometimes some people, they are though. Some <laughs> I are, know some yeah. people that they are, they're, they're. <laughs> yes. Pets, so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but anyway, so 
hopefully everybody, I really encourage you, please get out, even if it's just for a short while. Um, it's going to be, I think it'll be very enjoyable. They always have been when I came down and have done some others. But but anyway, it'll touch a lot on just exactly what we're talking about. And, and the nice part of it, though, is we'll be able to take uh, on-site uh, assessment and and be able to say okay here's where this particular principle applies right whether it's a biosecurity thing as we're as we're like how do we how do we keep this farm safe as we understand them a lot of it is is taking and then is taking what we know and then how we apply it to each individual case every Every farm is a different petri dish, is how we might do it. And petri dish being, you know, how we we can culture things in onto a plate, and that's its own its own, its own world, right? Well, mm-hmm. every farm is really just a big petri dish, and we have to treat each one a little bit differently than the next. Uh, so we'll be hitting on um, common things with feed, water, air. We'll be hitting biosecurity. We'll actually go through. Um, we'll spend some time on disease as well. And again, we're flexible, and we'll kind of go with what the audience is is looking for and what the individual farms that host us uh, are looking for. Um, we've spent some time in the past, we'll hopefully do some sampling. And, you know, because that's one of the key roles here is, is uh, hopefully we get some veterinarians out there. So if you have any interest out there and you're a veterinarian, make sure you come. We're, we're always looking. I can't be in Hawaii all the time. Um, and unfortunately, and, <laughs> and, and we also have some of the time gap, but we need people boots on the ground that, uh, and, and anything I can do to help them make them feel comfortable going into that setting. And then we start Mm -hmm. developing relationships and I can always be a resource from the outside as well. So, so I think really all of that is what you can expect to see. Um, There's no question that's stupid and, and there's nothing that we won't entertain to help people learn. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And to just, um, just let folks know that the workshop is um, essentially, it's an educational workshop for veterinarians, veterinarian technicians, um, and our other extension agents that deal with livestock out there. Um, And we're also going to have a public lecture that goes along with every workshop. And the the lecture is going to be open to any swine producer that wants to join us. Please um, let us know, you know, the information will go out and will be shared on our podcast page, as well as the livestock extension group page. Um, and you'll probably get it in other areas if you're on any of the listservs or any of the veterinarian programs yeah. um, um, here in the state. So, yeah, we're very excited to have this workshop. It'll be one of the first in-person workshops that we're able to hold <laughs> for livestock um, as since the pandemic. So, you know, we're excited to be able to get out there and um, be able to see people face to face. Well, sort of. I guess we still have to be masked, but, you know, sort of face to face. But um yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Um, Dr. Petsnick. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners about your um, tips for them in their swine production management? Well, I would just say that uh, one, one of the key things is understand what your goals are and then uh, surround yourself with really smart people or, and, and not even just the intelligence side, but, but smart from a, from a, that they're passionate about what they're doing. And there are so many resources that the, the probably the biggest, most impressive part of, of when I come to Hawaii is, is the support that you guys provide through extension for one <clears throat> through CTAR. Uh, even the, the, the state is, has always been super involved and mm-hmm. always really welcome. I think you have a really unique situation there. Um, is we have those same resources up here. 
but but they it seems like it's been so amplified with what I see down there. And so make sure that you're relying on those people uh, to keep you and your pigs happy and productive. Um, and like I said, please, please do come out. I, uh, we'll have a great time. I'm, I'm so looking forward to coming back, uh, breathing the air, uh, you know, giving, well, we'll, we'll probably sneak a few hugs in, even though with COVID, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but from that standpoint and, and eating great food. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to sharing stories and, uh, and, and having a great time. Thank you so much again for joining us. And we hope our listeners have found some of this information very informative to them mm-hmm. and encouraged to sign up for the workshop when you see the registration links come out. Um, and also, if you haven't done so already, please feel out our feedback fest. The link will be in our show notes for, for everyone and give us your thoughts about this podcast and all the rest of the topics that we have covered. Make sure to join our Facebook page, the Livestock Extension Group, if you haven't already. And be sure to visit the UHCTAR Extension website website and our YouTube channel listed in the show notes below. That's right. And for additional information about this topic, see the show notes of the podcast and the description box again of the YouTube page. Thanks for listening to the Livestock Bala Owl. And before we go, show some love for your favorite podcasts. That's us, by the way, by leaving us a review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Then stay tuned for next month's episode. Off we hope. Thanks yep. again. Thanks again to our sponsors, the Western Extension Risk Management Education Center, USDA NIFA, the Livestock Extension Group, and CTAR. Oh, we hope. Mahalo. Mahalo.